0: Do you like nerdy things, comic book and fandom conventions, fantasy, sci-fi, or even just cool pop culture stuff? Then check out the new podcast, Dragon Con Survival Guide, now on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Each week, hosts and lifelong friends Gary and Taylor tell you how to do conventions right when they're not rambling about their favorite nerdy topics. Save money at cons to have more money to spend at cons. For more information, check out Dragon Con Survival Guide on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram
1: following episode of The Walking Dead podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com is the premier source of spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. Choose from their extensive catalog of over 215,000 audio programs from leading audiobook publishers, comedy specials, magazine and newspaper publishers, business information providers, as well as many other products. Audible is also the preeminent provider of spoken word audio podcasts for Apple's iTunes Store. In addition to audio programs from outside publishers, Audible.com introduces Audible Studios. Matching the most imaginative and esteemed authors with the world's best performers, including Academy Award winners, respected stage actors, and Juilliard graduates, Audible Studios produces a diverse catalog of engaging audio ventures for every age. Sign up today for your free... No obligation trial membership at audibletrial.com forward slash dead. You'll get a free audiobook and you'll be helping to support the Walking Dead podcast. So head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash dead and start a new adventure today. And now we're pleased to present the latest episode of The Walking Dead Podcast.
2: We always think there's going to be more time.
1: Burnt out. It's the Walking Dead podcast. Got any advice for me? Yeah, I'd say make a lot for it. This is the Walking Dead podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Walking Dead television show on AMC and the Walking Dead comic from Image Comics.
2: Come on, come on! back here!
1: So sit back, relax, and join the herd.
2: My brother. My brother.
1: Welcome back to another episode of The Walking Dead Podcast. I'm Scott, and here with me, as always, except when he's not, it's Mr. Gary. Hey, I'm back. (laughs) back from point to far. Yeah. Welcome back, Gary, officially. Thanks. As I mentioned to the listeners last week, you were doing some really important work uh, in your absence. You were up in the part of Florida that was affected by Hurricane Michael as part of the relief effort. How was that?
0: It was very,
1: uh, very intense, but awesome. Uh, I
0: worked a lot of hours, mm-hmm. but the people up there were extremely grateful. Um, yeah. I literally had people crying in front of me, saying, "This is the first real meal they've had since the storm." And wow. everybody looked disheveled, and even just the businesses surrounding the store that I was at were completely leveled and destroyed. Um, and one day, we actually took a route through a little neighborhood and houses were flattened. Like you saw in the news, there was trees with fire trees, houses with five trees surrounding, like crashing into each side of the house. It wow. was completely ripped off and you could see sunlight through the windows in the house. Um, okay. It was just crazy, but um, I did a lot of good work and I helped out a lot of people and uh, it was all through my job. So I thought it was really awesome.
1: Well, thank you for doing that. Thank you. Very admirable work and like you said, I'm sure a lot of people, you, you helped a lot of people while you were doing that. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. It was, it was really awesome to see. All right. Well, now we move on to a happier topic, <laughs> the zombie <laughs> apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, as I mentioned last week, I thought it would be better to have the full discussion on episode three after Gary got back. Because I, you know, as much as I try, I just can't make it as exciting as when Gary's here. Well, I mean, have
0: you ever tried like talking to yourself and doing a back and forth?
1: Yeah, but even I get bored with that. <laughs> Especially when I know what the other guy's gonna say. It's almost like I can read his mind.
0: <laughs> Maybe is that, you like can where's, his the,
1: mind? where's the where's it? Oh, don't you well don't you do that? What sort of witchcraft is that that you're throwing at me? Stop! <laughs> you're confusing me. <laughs> well, That's not hard to do. Now my, my eye is twitching. <laughs> so, uh, he's back. So we're going to do that today for the first part of the show. We're going to discuss episode three, warning signs. And then we're going to move on to episode four, the obliged. So we are obliged to do it that way. <laughs> sure. The obliged. Yeah. So yes, we'll, we'll go with that. Sure. <laughs> but of course, first the, uh, the boilerplate to satisfy the legal department, which is always a pain in the ass, that legal department. As always, you can leave your comments and feedback by emailing us at twdpodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com or by posting a comment on our Facebook page, which is at Facebook, which is the root of all evil in the universe, uh, along with Abby Martin. You can also give us a call on our voicemail line to 561-501-1483 and let us know what's on your Walking Dead mind. Again, that's 561-501-1483. And Gary is back manning the phones.
0: Yeah, I finally got out for a little bit. I had a break, and now I'm back.
1: Now he's back, but all he really does is watch movies.
0: Yeah, I mean, until my phone dies, and then I'm just sitting there waiting for you to bring me more food or a phone charger, and then... What
1: are you talking about? I put a TV in there for you.
0: Yeah, but all I get is HBC. HHC, <laughs> the home shopping channel? Yeah, home shopping network is what I was trying to say. Try,
1: trying to get you to learn something
0: about I, I polyester know. blankets. I,
1: yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> I mean, I learned a lot, but
2: you know.
1: Do you know what margarine is? is? No. Exactly. <laughs> you you missed out on margarine. Good stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean you really I don't know what margarine is.
0: I, I know it's a butter substitute. I don't know there what it's is. actually
1: That's it. It's like vegetable oil. I didn't know what it was actually made from, though. Like, I yeah, just you don't want to know. <laughs> Probably not. You don't want to know, man. Yeah. So, I don't think it's vegetable oil. I think it's something far more insidious, like lard or something. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> talk, speaking of lard, uh <laughs> Jesus this week. no. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> on to our... Not to ramble too much, but uh, now on to our man. Did you notice <laughs> Roy Harper has lost a lot of weight in the new season?
0: <laughs> Not to ramble. Have you noticed Roy Harper has lost some weight?
1: <laughs> a lot. He's like yeah, back in yes. fighting shape.
0: Yeah, yeah. He puffed up a little bit there, but I guess he, uh, he went back to his choreography training. I didn't
1: even realize that was him at first for a few minutes. I'm like, is that Roy?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's a good old Roy.
1: Haircut. Because he reconciled <laughs> with his husband five months after they filed for divorce. It's true. Wow, really? I read that on? Yeah, I read that on the internet.
0: Wow. Must okay. Must be true then. I thought you were just joking, but
1: no, no. Apparently, he me. and his husband were getting divorced after like being married for five minutes, and apparently, they recognized recognized that <laughs> they needed to reconcile. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good for them.
1: But yeah, I didn't even realize it was him. Anyway. Uh, not to ramble too much. Really enjoying the new season of Arrow. Those of you that like Arrow?
0: I enjoyed the first episode. Good. I haven't seen anything past that yet.
1: but I've seen the second one. It's good. Nice. I don't, don't really. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's neither here nor there that is rambling. So, let's move on to the main event. A recap of Season 9, Episodes 3 and 4. Warning Signs and The Obliged. As I have done so far this season, I remain very optimistic about the show, mm-hmm. which is quite a departure from the last couple of seasons. I think these episodes deal well with good internal conflict between the various parties on the victorious side of the war with the saviors as well as the resentment of the saviors to being occupied, Jed and Justin, were good examples of that sentiment as well as what happens with Arat. Mm. Didn't even know that was her name. Arat. And what we find out about what happened with Justin. Yes. Yes. I liked that at the beginning with him. And of course I didn't didn't really understand I thought the final I really I thought the final warning was put there by the whisperers. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't realize that was a that was where the ocean oceanside people lived.
0: I think though, especially keeping in mind uh the, the bigger reveal towards the end of the next episode and what that means for the show. I think it's a good thing that they didn't rush in the whispers right beforehand. Oh yeah. Cause I mean, they've had some hints here that probably are leading up to the whispers, but I think it would have kind of overshadowed. I, mean, I guess oh. I'll just say it, the farewell of Rick.
1: Oh, I um, don't, I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I'm no, I'm, I'm actually glad that it, it appears that the whispers will be the, They'll be introduced in the second set of eight, and it kind of keeps with the um the, the th- overall theme of this part of the season,
0: which is a community coming together and kind of disintegrating and falling apart in some ways. Um, or, yeah. or kind of at least the fractures of that community, you know. Um, and it kind of focused on that a little more, which was a big deal for Rick this season. So
1: yeah, I, I they're keeping to their formula and they do it with they do it with Fear the Walking Dead as well. Yeah. It's basically like two different seasons. Mm-hmm. Each eight each set of eight episodes is like a, de- like a separate season. Like the conflict for this eight is the deterioration of the confederation of, of settlements I call it. Hm. And then the second set will be about I imagine, it will be about the new people that come in and the whisperers beginning to see that. So, and and indeed, in season four of Fear the Walking Dead, the first season really is all about their conflict with one thing, and then the second part is all about their conflict with something else. And they did it in season three as well. Um, and I would like to point out, as I was reading who some of the new cast members are that are coming on board, one of the new cast members um, in... Uh, in The Walking Dead is a guy named Ryan Hurst. You may not recognize the name, but if you saw, he he was one of the guys in. Um, he had a, like a cameo appearance in, in Saving Private Ryan. Hmm. You remember when they're all looking through the dog tags and they talk to this this soldier who can't hear and he's yeah. yelling? That's him. Huh. And then, but he's more he's better known for his role as Opie on Sons of Anarchy. <laughs>
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I looked at right. a picture of him. I see him. Right, yeah.
1: and, and and this goes into my premise that The Walking Dead is now the the sanctuary for all for many actors who were on the walk on on Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, you know, um, uh, what's her name that played uh, Madison? Um, Kim Dickens. Kim, yeah. Right, David Erickson, who was a showrunner was from Sons of Anarchy, Dayton Callie, who plays um, Jeremiah, I think his name is Jeremiah, Otto, mm-hmm. season three of, the, of Fear the Walking Dead, uh, Ray McKinnon, who's like a bad guy in season three of <laughs> Fear the Walking Dead, and, um, you know, a number of other countries, <laughs> as Eddie Izzard, would, Eddie Izzard would say, but now we have Ryan Hurst as well, so, we need, we see that, I'm seeing a connection there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Definitely,
1: oh. and you know, not I'm I kid around. Those are all great, great actors, and they, they really do a great job. So, I mean, Ray McKinnon was when we get the recap. Ray McKinnon was a great villain in um season the, the second part of season three of Fear yeah. the Walking Dead. So, and Ryan Hurst did a phenomenal job as Opie in um, Sons of Anarchy. So, he's going to do a great job. I don't really, I'm not really familiar with the character that he's playing. I think they basically had him in the part that I brought up to. I believe his character's name is is Beta or Bravo. I think hmm. Beta. So, interesting. Yeah, the the you know the as a s- spoiler alert the um the leader of the whispers is called the Alpha.
2: Hmm.
1: So that's all out there in in the in the webosphere. Hmm. I am um, not the blogosphere, that word. It's out there on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I mentioned last week that I like that they haven't just forgotten about the final scene with Maggie and Daryl and Jesus.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, from the uh, season eight finale when she says they're going to buy their time and deal with Negan properly. Yeah. I didn't remember from the first time I watched episode three, mainly because Lauren Cohan's Georgia accent is sometimes hard to understand. Yeah, <laughs> I really this time I had to I had to put the subtitles on because I I just really couldn't understand what she was saying.
2: <laughs>
0: That's fair.
1: <laughs> but she she mentions she specifically references that scene uh, as after Daryl and she leave uh, Cindy and the other Oceanside people mm-hmm. to do what they're gonna do with the rat. But I think what I like about this most, I mentioned this last week as well, is that it's completely new material that isn't Mm. in the source story, at least at a point that I've read it, which is arguably not that far in. But as I mentioned, as I mentioned, where I'm up to, the saviors and joy are just mentioned and apparently aren't really part of the whole community of settlements. Yeah. Which in the book is just Alexandria, the kingdom and the hilltop. There's no ocean side in the book. Mm hmm. So And everyone seems to be more or less on board with Rick's program, even Maggie. There's no, Maggie doesn't go through this whole thing where she wants to kill Negan, or that's, Carl struggles with that, even though he's kind of accepted that Negan, it's better that Negan's in this cell. I love the, in in the story where Carl sneaks down there every night and talks to Negan for a while. (laughs) And then Negan asks him in the one scene, Carl, do you still want to kill me? And Carl's like, of course. (laughs) <laughs> and he niggas like dude i thought we were friends it doesn't mean i don't want to kill you <laughs> so i i think actually the way they're doing it on tv makes for a much better drama and i think it's actually far more realistic yeah I mean, moving on
0: it, it made sense the way they did it in the book but i think it's playing out actually a little better even though it's kind of like you said a different version of what we saw but similar um I really like the way they're twisting it in the show. Yet again, the adaptation,
1: yeah. uh, top-notch. I just find it difficult to believe that even after two years, which is supposedly the time frame that they've passed through, mm-hmm. when they start the new part of the, the story, it, that everybody would just be like, moved on, and that's that. Of course, they're not occupying the saviors and in the, in the sanctuary in the same way. Yeah. So they don't have regular interaction with the saviors, So they've gone. So it's possible that they would have been able to move on since they don't deal with them. Because again, they're just mentioned. They just mainly deal with the three. I've seen that some people on the internet are comparing the show to season two. Mm. And I guess that's probably true to a certain extent, or at least up through season three, up through episode three, it was. Yeah. where It's a little bit slow. It's outside and it's all contained. It's a, I think they mean it more like it's focusing on an internal conflict within the group, which season two largely Yeah, with that.
0: That, that, more, that way more I can understand. I, I get it maybe being a little quieter could you know yeah ruffle some people, but I like the way that it's more just focused on now a larger group interacting and their struggles because all being part of separate groups, but trying to live under the same banner and yeah. you know especially the saviors being the villains of the past couple of seasons and mm-hmm. now having to deal with reforming or yeah. putting aside the savior side of themselves or whatever, you know, their struggle is they're each different, but it's neat to see that it's not just, they didn't just rush in the whispers to have a new big bad for all of them to focus on. It's just about people trying to live in relative peace now, you know, and yeah. how that is hard. <laughs>
1: Well, at least Alana's banana didn't get a hold of the plot or the whispers would have been in season three. Yeah. Negan would have been leading the whispers.
0: <laughs> wow, really?
1: Well, no. Remember from um, oh, moviemyla.com? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the one that always was kind of rushed Negan into the story.
0: I forgot about your favorite website.
1: Oh, Alana Fairty or whatever her name was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's just someone who contributes blog articles
0: yeah. to the yeah, and it's all speculatory. Like I said,
1: she she wrote well, but I'm like, Would you give it a rest? <laughs> yeah. Give it time, it'll happen. <laughs> it'll happen. It'll be okay. We'll see Negan. And, and again, we were very kind of disappointed with what happened. Yeah. With Negan coming in, even though Jeffrey Dean Morgan is again brilliant. Absolutely. So, um, I also think with the comparison to season two that um I think that getting back to a bit more simplicity might make the story more relatable. I think that's the, where I'm getting, what I'm getting from it myself is I can relate to the, the philosophies each side is exerting about what to do with the saviors. Mm. One side just wants to kill them all to <laughs> punish them for what they did. And Rick wants to like try and integrate them into a larger society. And then there's the conflict over that. So Which, of course, comes to a head in episode four. Yeah. Anyway, I thought a good place to start on episode three, final warning, was to ask Gary my talking points from last week. Okay. Given what appears to be a breakdown in relations with the Saviors, is it time to accept that the current structure of relations with them just isn't working? Now, I realize this was more or less answered in episode four, but I'm just curious to see what your take was on
0: it. Um Well, given all that we find out in Episode 3, I just don't think it's possible. It seems like even though there are some good-intentioned people within Mm -hmm. the Saviors and a good amount of people within the community that are actually okay with trying to integrate them, there's always going to be that pocket of people that were wronged by them in horrific ways and won't let that go. So... You know, unfortunately, at least the way they have it structured now, where they're kind of second-rate ra- se- second citizens and don't get weapons and are basically just used as workers, hmm. uh, you know, I, I don't you think mean, that...
1: Re- in other words, the tables are turned.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I don't think that really is working for either side, at least not in the current uh, way they have it set up. So, no, I don't think it's sustainable, unfortunately.
1: So you do agree. It's time to just hang it up. Yep. Yep. I agree. Uh, I, I think I know what you're going to say for number two. Okay. But um, do you think Maggie and Daryl's point of view on this is really the more practical approach? Um, it's the easier
0: answer. Yeah. Um, it's definitely the easier answer for this community. They're trying to build – In their eyes, you know, let's just take him out, then there's no figurehead, and we get our revenge, and everybody's happy. But then you risk also pissing off the Saviors even more and making him a martyr, as Rick goes on to mention later. Yeah. So probably not the best idea to kill off their leader and figurehead that they're still writing on signs, you know, around their community. (laughs) Because that would probably just set them off even more, I would imagine.
1: My view with this would be, though, I'd be just mad enough to go, you know, the thing with martyrs is they're still dead. And so, yeah, he might be a martyr, but he's a martyr, you know, like Hitler is to neo-Nazis, and <laughs> there's a way to deal with them, too. I don't know. You'd Probably that way is not practical at all to survive, for people to survive, because you'd have to kill a lot of people <laughs> to get everybody in line.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But the, you get into the point you get into the the problem though that yeah Negan is in jail he's being punished by having his freedom restricted Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day you know he's alive and maybe he's miserable and maybe yeah it's more of a punishment than killing him but at the end of the day you still have to provide resources for this guy like Daryl says later he's his being alive gives them the impression or the hope that one day he might be free and lead them again. So the problem is you're damned if you do and damned if you don't, if you leave him alive, there's a, he inspires people that he might be free and lead them again. And if you kill him, he becomes a martyr. I'm saying at least if he's a martyr, he's dead and he can't lead them again. So as a practical matter, he won't be able to, to lead them and, they might be easier to deal with without less effect with, with, less effective leadership. Maybe, maybe I don't know. All right. Well, that, that was my two cents from last week. Cool. And I added another two cents. So we're <laughs> almost to a nickel. Woo. All right. As far as my likes and dislikes for episode three, mm-hmm. just, uh, put a few in here. Um, uh, one, is the Oceanside point of view. This is a like, although the subterfuge is not perhaps helpful. (laughs) I'm quite enjoying the fact that these women are not willing to just sit around. When Jed, the savior made the comment about why don't they just shoot all the saviors if they're not going to let them protect themselves. I love that. It was the Oceanside people that were like, just without hesitation, took out their guns and pointed them at at the saviors. And then, and then I think one of the saviors was like, uh, the one woman savior was like, this is going to get out of hand to the guy that pulled up the ax. And Daryl yep. goes, no, it's not. And he aims to cross poet that guy <laughs> and says no guns. And I love it. he was ready to ready to very quickly put one in the saviors. Yep. I liked it.
0: Yeah. That was a cool moment for sure. Okay. And you, I really liked the line with uh Rick to Daryl in that episode where, when he was trying to convince him, he said, well, you took a chance once on a weird cop who left your brother to die. Was that this episode or was that the next one?
1: No, it's in that episode. Okay, I thought so,
0: yeah. Um, I really liked that moment because like, they've been doing a lot in this season of harkening back to moments in the last season or last few seasons and using it as a powerful line, You know, just like we would with people that we have history with in our lives. We wouldn't just not mention things that happened years ago. You know, we would mention like, hey, well, I mean, you gave me a chance once before when it was an even shittier situation, you know, like take a chance yeah. on me now kind of thing. But that line has more impact to people that have watched the show from the beginning because we remember that when they first met, it was kind of a screwed up situation, but he took a chance on him and he was just asking it to do it again, you know, and I thought that was a really kind of powerful way to say that.
1: I agree. Your constant references to ABBA aside. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Take a chance on me
2: If you need me, let me know Gonna be around If you got your no place to go When you're feeling down If you're all alone When the pretty birds have flown on I'm still free Take a chance on me I'm gonna do my very best And I ain't no lie <laughs> uh. <laughs>
1: No, and and that was my number two, as well, that whole conversation, particularly that line that you just mentioned, where, where Rick says he, he should take a chance on what Rick's trying to do, like you didn't when you didn't kill a guy who left your brother on a rooftop to die. Yeah, and I think that comment really really made an impact on Daryl because he stopped he's like, damn, yeah." It looked like that really affected him. But I did. I I also like Daryl's comment when (laughs) Rick is saying, look, this goes, they keep walking off the job because of this. And Daryl goes, then it's not because of this. It's because of who they are. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I got to say, I'm more sympathetic to Daryl's attitude on them. You know, fuck them. They're pieces of shit. Of course, they're walking off the job. And I'm not giving them guns. I don't give a damn how many of them die. They're scum. They're lucky we didn't kill them all. Yeah, right. I, I you know, I'm like I, I, I understand what Rick's trying to do, but at the end of the day, you know, a person can only be expected to endure so much, and they tortured him. And he mentions it in in episode four. You know, they stuffed me in a closet and paraded me around naked and wouldn't let me talk. Yeah. And they beat his ass. You know. Mm. I would be like, I want to kill every last one of them. They didn't, they didn't do that because they needed to. They did it because they fucking enjoyed it. Yeah. So, i fuck him. I yeah. agree. You know?
2: Can't blame them.
1: Yeah.
0: My next one is another line that really kind of stuck out to me. It was more of a funny one, though, from Jerry. Is this one going to be a Gregory or a Negan? When he was yeah. talking about, when yeah. <laughs> are we going to kill this guy? Or are we going to, you know, <laughs> yeah, him yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I guess. Uh- yeah, so <laughs> always a good moment with Jerry with his one-liners, but I just thought that was a really funny way to put it too. I like that. Yeah,
1: dudes, is this going to be like Gregory or like Negan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and then and if you need, you watch after he said it, it's going to be like Gregory, Maggie's like, okay, I get it. Everybody's freaked out that I did that. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have done it, but you know what? It made me feel good for a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, um. Number three for me is the moment Daryl and Maggie decide they can't live with the saviors not being punished. <laughs> this was a powerful moment, but not at all unexpected. The most impactful part of it for me was when Cindy tells Maggie that it was Gregory's execution that inspired her and her friends to take out Justin and a rat. I kind of felt sympathy for Rick's position and a little bit for a rat until Cindy makes a rat repeat what she said just before she murdered Cindy's little brother. Mm. No exceptions. Then I'm like, you know, uh, yeah. And that whole, and then leading up to the last scene is is Maggie going, all right, we're gonna go see. It's time to go visit Negan, and then it shows him walk off. And Daryl's like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, what a great way to end it. Yeah. With that moment. And you. Um. I didn't really have another one, but I, I have one little one I can throw in. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked in the the opening kind of montage of just Rick's kind of peaceful day. Oh, yeah. Uh, that he yeah. takes a moment to stop by Carl's grave. Yeah. And he's just sitting there, you know, reflecting, especially knowing what's going to happen a few episodes later
1: for him. Yeah, that was good.
0: Yeah, it was nice just to, in that montage, to just have a moment of him just, you know, giving his peace, giving, you know, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm uh giving enjoying um, the day yeah enjoying a day but also reflecting on carl and the loss of his son i thought that was really cool uh,
1: i didn't yeah. think it was cool that he like took food and yeah then, like write it down okay i'm taking this tomato yeah so to dock like- me he took like a green bean and a tomato and then he just leaves the tomato at the grave what do you like is that an offering <laughs> dude carl's not gonna need it <laughs> Dead. he's not gonna need that tomato you could have fed five families of, like, bunnies with that, right?
0: <laughs> five families of bunnies.
1: Yeah. What's wrong with you, man? And that, that five families of bunnies could have fed, the you know, half the town. Yeah. pepper for everyone. <laughs> All right. Well, my dislikes. I have one. And I titled it, Obviously Jadis.
0: I was just going to say, I think it's the same one I have.
1: <laughs> Obviously Jadis. Yeah. I felt bad for her when that savior accused her of killing Justin and no one but Gabriel seemed to want to defend her, which is also understandable. Yeah. But then later to find out she's trading people for supplies. What the fuck is that? Yeah. Was wondering what that meant until I saw what she was about to do in episode four. That for me also sheds light on both what she appeared to be doing with Negan last season. Remember she had him tied up and she had that Walker in that, like on a cart. Yeah. Uh, seems like, and then the helicopter showed up. Hmm. That seems to make sense now. Yeah. I, I am almost afraid to ask what an A or a B is. Uh, I don't know. And who the hell is she talking to on the radio? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, that- someone I, I did see online uh, that I, I'm not as familiar with the actor, but someone told me that it sounds like Ryan Hurst. And that it could be his character oh
1: but that's see that's that's different than at least what i understand about the the whispers because yeah that means the whispers have helicopters
0: i i don't know you know that's the thing i assumed it was more that uh commonwealth community or whatever they're calling it but
1: uh yeah it might maybe it is ryan hearst i don't know who but knows. that doesn't seem to fit with what i'm i mean the it's true the you know we' we'd be spoiling, a little, but at least in the book, the whispers do within the other things that they do, they still do maintain uh modern medical technology to to help their their own people mm-hmm. but it's the rest of the stuff um but that would mean that they have helicopters too <laughs> yeah what freak- what should be very um disturbing is that they have actual aviation fuel and operational aircraft, Mm -hmm. which means, and she said they're far away. I mean, which could be relative. Everything's far away when you don't have a car. Yeah. The fact that somebody has got helicopters (laughs) flying around doing something with means that they have the means of maintaining those helicopters and the means of fueling them. Yeah. And I'm sure there's plenty of aviation fuel around because you can't use that to drive cars unless you're Peter Griffin and it'll make your truck fly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: But, uh, I must add that my whole, my, my, the whole thing with Jadis was worth it when the guy called her garbage lady. Yeah. <laughs> There's garbage lady there. And I'm like, very apropos. I'm glad
0: they didn't give up on that. Cause yes. you know, she garbage will always and forever just be garbage, Lady Jadis. I don't, I don't give a fuck. She wants to call herself Ann now. No, you're Jadis.
1: Yeah, I, I, I that's why I used to call those those fucking garbage dump people. Yeah, garbage lady <laughs> works. Yeah, garbage lady. Well, works. I
0: mean, which do you think is worse though? The garbage people or the forgettable pirate squad?
1: I got to go with forgettable pirate squad.
0: Yeah yeah at least the garbage people had some cool moments, and they got focused on a little bit. The forgettable yeah. Pirate squad was just in like two episodes, and they were gone so yeah,
1: and they so much potential. I don't remember the guy's name Curtis or something yeah, so much potential as a good villain and squandered. then nothing.
0: just squandered
1: and of course they they had Alicia Debham Carey among them, so that's a plus for me
0: true, true, yeah true
1: wherever she is is a plus. <laughs> Now what if she was a part of the garbage dump people? Yeah, I'd be I'd be I'd be on team garbage dumped then. <laughs> the only it. thing that would make it better is if Adriana Palicki was in there. I'd be like, I want to live there. I wanna live there. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna live there. I
0: can't blame you. I mean that's a that's just, a pretty stacked deck. Just
1: to be around them. Not to do anything, just to be around them. You'd be like, I have I have seen what a garbage dump looks like when it has good people in it.
2: <laughs> oh man, that's funny.
1: Yes. I'll watch Adriana Palicki and anything.
0: Have you seen The Orville yet?
1: Of
2: course.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. We talked about this. The second season's coming out soon. I can't wait. Yes.
1: This is, of course, one of the reasons why I watch The Orville. Yes. Other than I love Seth, says McFarlane. And Star Trek. Yeah. And he really gets Star Trek. They should have, if he was good at, you know, doing really doing fully dramatic episodes, yeah. that would have been great for him to
0: Although, Star Trek. I got to say, though, I think it's really awesome that we live in a world where there is a few different fully dramatic, awesome Star Trek stories going on, and we also still get a really well-made spoof of Star Trek that yeah. is like almost as much or more Star Trek than the actual Star Trek things yeah. are.
1: And that's true, too. and to keep the rambling to a minimum... I also like that they're really good stories on their own. I mean, they did one where the society is based upon the concept of likes and dislikes. Oh, yeah. And if you get too many dislikes, no one will serve you at restaurants <laughs> and you have to go on an apology tour. And if you don't, if it doesn't, if you get more than 5 million dislikes, you get like lobotomized. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun sounds like the United States today. Yeah. Well, Facebook is the root of all evil, Gary. One thing I noticed at the beginning, and I, I, I didn't notice it the first time I saw the episode. I noticed it only the second time. When Michonne and Rick are talking in their bedroom, it's mm-hmm. after Rick has his nice day. And he steals that tomato <laughs> um, and leaves it on the ground. I
0: just the love bunnies. the way you put that. After, after Rick bunnies. has his nice day.
1: <laughs> and, the, and the bunnies don't get anything to eat. <laughs> <laughs> And what was that rock thing? <laughs> it looked like a necklace. But it wasn't. I'm not Nope. When Michonne is talking, when Rick is talking to Michonne in their bedroom and she's working on the, uh, the new constitution mm-hmm. for the new, the new world, she wipes what appears to be some kind of, it looked like a tattoo <laughs> from her. I didn't notice it at first, but it's very subtle. She wipes this red thing off her arm. Hmm. And I didn't notice this the first time I watched the episode, but the second time I did, and I wonder what that was. And, of course, after watching what we're going to talk about in a minute here, I realized that was zombie smeg. She was washing, walk, wiping off her arm from her nightly exercise. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I never noticed that either, though. I believe she does something else like that where she wipes it off herself. hmm in episode four, I'm like, oh, that's what she was wiping off, Smeg. <laughs> and with that, uh, with that note, we'll go into episode four now. The obliged. Uh, this I thought was a really good episode because the conflict that's been building up over the previous three episodes finally came to a head, or at least began to. Obviously the episode takes on an even greater significance because episode five is being promoted as Rick Grimes last episode. That's on the AMC premiere app on the AMC app. It says next episode is Rick Grimes final episode. Yeah. Which from what I've seen on the next on segment, as well as watching the first three minutes of the episode, which are available at AMC premiere, as well as I'm sure many other places online, as well as a separate sneak preview that appears to set up the notion that Rick goes through a montage of past experiences. Yeah. As he either dies or leading up to some kind of miraculous save before he isn't on the show anymore. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) they they show in the next on segment, the scene where he's sitting in the police car with Shane. Mm. So clearly that's the part that John Bernthal's in.
0: I'm expecting kind of a obviously bigger, more enhanced version of uh, Tyrese's fever dream before he died. Exactly. exactly. A lot of like moments and references and either flashbacks or hallucinations of characters that we've seen yes. in the past coming back.
1: Yes, I agree. Which would be a
0: really cool send off.
1: And you know, that's going to be a really big episode of Talking Dead, too. Oh, yeah. And I, I I, can't imagine he's not going to be on Talking Dead next week.
0: If he's not, uh, they missed a huge opportunity because he's the main character of the show to not have yeah. him on. I, up, I
1: think at the very least, they might have him on like a video. Interview. Yeah. They, That's did the that, they did that on Talking Saul Um, when Michael McKean died. He wasn't able to be on the show, but they... They beamed him in from wherever he was. I think he was in his closet. He didn't like in a closet in his house. <laughs> well, wow. uh, he played um, uh, the brother, the older brother of, of uh, Bill, uh, Bob Odenkirk's character. Mm. Bob Odenkirk playing Jimmy McGill or Saul Goodman, whichever. Yeah. Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul. Anyway, I thought this was a really good episode. And I also really want to find out what happened with Carol yeah it sounds like there was a shootout I like it was like that sounds like it's coming from the camp <laughs> yeah. yeah you know carol like shot everybody herself and was like yeah i did it <laughs> I I yeah hope, i did i hope i got your mama yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's from boys and company see yeah that's funny vietnam movie all right well moving quickly into my likes The Maggie and Daryl plot. I like this, although I felt sorry for Rick that so many people were in on it and he had no idea. Yeah. he calls the relay station and, yeah, no problem, that she she takes the magazine. I think Maggie's already made her choice. and goes back to reading a magazine. (laughs) Yep. It It was kind of sad to watch Daryl lie to Rick, but I understood why he did. Yeah. I probably would, if, it, if I was around there, I probably would not have said anything either, although I doubt I would have helped Rick either. Let the chips fall where they may, I say. <laughs> Absolutely. Even if I ended up being, you know, regretting it later. What are you going to do? I'm just like, it fucking figures that Jesus. <laughs> it <laughs> fucking figures that Jesus, bratted everybody out. Yeah. That guy. That man. <laughs> he's always ratting everybody out god moralizer right but just it let does let
0: them go have their revenge
1: yeah it does actually fit his character i can't no, it does he would he would sit by and i like he mentions that we didn't talk about <laughs> we didn't talk about you killing gregory you just did it
0: <laughs> i love that jesus like like you said He's always true to his character. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's a little annoying because he's ratting people out or doing whatever, but it's always true to form for him. He always, like, he sticks to his guns. He's quiet. You know, he's not necessarily going to be the guy that's, like, opposing everything, but when he does have a strong point, he's not afraid to say it, no matter who it is. You know, like, he's going to stand his ground because, like you said, he's a moralizer, I guess.
1: Um, well, no, he's... I he's cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I was, being... I know. I get it. <laughs> he has a very strong moral code. I, um, I was kind of surprised. And I can't remember where it was when he mentions. Oh, yes. When he has a conversation with Maggie, he, he, I was very surprised to hear that he thought Negan should have been executed. After he fought with Morgan, to keep those saviors alive he's like i think i think rick was wrong for not killing negan that Mm -hmm. seemed uh, if if anything i would have figured jesus would have been one of the most supportive people Mm -hmm. about making negan rot in jail i was very surprised about that
0: i really thought michonne negan getting to interact was really cool because we didn't get to see them talk much especially alone right and i really liked how she would go to him not necessarily for guidance, but I don't even know. Affirmation of what she's doing is right, kind of, you know, and uh, especially when she gets the, the bloody bat and, and it starts to hearken to Lucille.
1: Oh, know? no, I think that was Lucille. <laughs> it was Lucille? I think it was. Now, I could be wrong. And I'm looking at it, and it looked like it had barbed wire at the top of it.
0: I couldn't really tell. I, some, some parts I thought it was bloody and some parts yeah, I thought it was...
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think it was. But I'm not sure.
0: And it was funny because she was asking him to see the bat and he's like, Oh, well, I don't have it. You know, and
1: she he yes, asked, yeah.
0: So that'd be funny if she actually had it and was using it. Uh yeah. Really cool. But I, I liked I liked how they played off each other and we didn't get to see much of that before. Um, especially while she's drafting this charter and what's coming up with Rick and them in the future. It was really neat to see them have a moment together.
1: I agree it was interesting, but that's actually one of my dislikes, but um, I, I I agree. The whole dynamic was very interesting.
0: Well, that's more what I was going for. The dynamic. It, it wasn't like.
1: A yeah, no,
0: I. You know, but it was. It was just neat well, to see them
1: together. A positive benefit to the episode. Yeah. It, it, it undoubtedly was. Um, I didn't like it for different reasons. Not the interaction, somewhat. Okay. In terms of uh, the the aspects of it you're talking about are great. Um, in terms of the benefit to the episode and the story, I thought I think you're absolutely right. My dislike of it was centered on something else. Okay. Um, number two for me was the Daryl and Rick fight. Yes. I think, I think we all knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. I like their argument because it wasn't between enemies. It was between two brothers that are trying to get through to each other and are angry but still care very much about each other. Yeah. The line that Daryl says when he tells Rick that he's got to let Carl go. Mm-hmm. This is very similar to what Negan said. Carl's gone. Yeah. What are you doing? I think this was a devastating line, especially to Rick.
0: Yeah. And that, I that think Daryl would go there to him. like that's, I,
1: I think it hurt Daryl that he said it. Yeah. I think it hurt Daryl to say that, but he, he felt, I've got to say this to you because I think you're you're committed to this because you're trying to bring Carl back and it won't. But I like the fact that Rick goes, we have to do all this or all the people died for nothing. Yeah. Because Daryl says, what about all our friends that died? And, and Rick's like, I have to do this or they all died for nothing. And he says, "Or well, Carl died for nothing. You know, he's obviously trying to honor Carl's wishes. Yeah. Right? So, but I think Daryl's right. You're not going to be able to, and you need to let it go. You tried. I mean, that's all Carl could have expected of you is you tried and you were committed to it, but it didn't work because they just can't, they can't work. I really enjoyed Michael Rooker's comments on the talking dead. What did he have to say? Uh, that Daryl's relationship with Merle has been, is the the big influence on who Daryl is today. And everybody <laughs> like laughed when he said it, but he was trying to say, no, the way he would interact with his brother is the way he's interacting with his new brother. They fight and then they work it out. Yeah. The other fight and then they work it out. You, you can see he used to do that with Merle.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You Absolutely. Know? And of course it figures that a bunch of zombies would fall in that hole while they're trying to get out <laughs> like that figures. I'm like, well, they're in that hole if they can get out, that was enough of a conflict. But then, then they had like a little zombie waterfall there.
0: Oh, I thought it was kind of cool the way they like climbed over the zombies to get out. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's great. i like like, Rick's like, did you plan for this two of us falling in this hole? Dick. Yeah.
0: <laughs> My next one, actually, I didn't have a lot of specific likes for this episode because I just really kind of enjoyed everything and didn't really fully, I guess, I don't know if I didn't process through or I just liked it all so much. But
1: um, just didn't, didn't want to be show favorites, I got it.
0: I guess, yeah. Um, but no, you uh your the way you phrased what you just said actually made me think of another point that mm-hmm. I really always like to mention. Walking Dead has a lot of duality in the episodes.
2: Wow. Um
0: and I yeah. thought it was really neat that um I mean even though we only got to see the beginning of it, we didn't get to see her actually get to uh Negan yet. Mm-hmm. But Maggie's mission to take out Negan and Rick's mission to try to keep this community together are both kind of inspired by their losses and they just won't let it go. Even though they are at obvious points where they should try to rethink some things or shuffle some things around or do things differently. They're both holding steadfast in their mission, even though everyone else around them is like, this isn't working or this, yeah. this is a bad idea. You know, yeah. And I think it's really neat that they both they're both harnessing their losses in different ways, but it's both leading to. They're both having the same conclusion, basically, is that like, you know, they're causing conflict with everybody else by trying to complete, you know, their
1: mission. I guess. No, I agree with you. That's that's true. I mean, yeah. they're holding on. The people who want to take out the saviors are holding on to their grievances, and Rick is holding yeah. on to his. Yeah. And you're right. It is. It is motivating each of them to do what they do.
0: Yeah, it's really neat.
1: My number three is Carol. I find far more often than not, I'm I'm very enamored with the way Carol does stuff and her rationale. And I like what she says when she's talking to Rick. When he says, um, "The Saviors are are you know if we don't if we don't help them, what happens?" And she goes, "That's on them." You know, the saviors clearly don't want to work with anyone else. So whatever happens is on them. I, I fully agree. Fuck them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Fuck them. They can
1: rot. And they, you know, I, they had a chance. They're lucky that they weren't all killed off. And I can understand not wanting to be occupied. But on the other hand, you fuckers brought this on yourself. What did you expect? Yeah, right. How many people did you murder to take their shit? Yeah. I'm like, fuck them. Like, I have no sympathy for them at all. They're lucky they're being allowed to be a part of this. They're lucky they get relief supplies from everyone else. I would have let them starve. Well, for a while, anyway. All right, my next one is how Michonne deals with insomnia. (laughs) I have often wondered what an effective way is to deal with not being able to sleep. I like her way. Although, given... Uh, although I wonder, given Maggie seeing all those headless bodies on the road on her way to Alexandria, it's hard to understand how Rick didn't see that she was doing that at night. She gets <laughs> up and, hey, somebody cut off all these zombies and their heads, you know, sort of like they're wielding a sword. Who could hmm. that be?
0: <laughs> There's so many sword wielders in this world. Yeah, I don't know. I know.
1: <laughs> and maybe he, maybe he did, and he doesn't care, I and mean, they just didn't think it was necessary to show him not caring. Uh, maybe, and plus she, I think, as we mentioned, she may have found Lucille in the garbage. Yeah. Which, if she did, hey. <laughs> um, but, it, no, it, it's probably, you know, what you thought. It, it's just something, that, it's a bath that made her think of Lucille. So, but it looked like Lucille. They did a good job of making it look like that, like there was wire on it. I don't know. So Yeah. All right. Well, my dislikes. Obviously, <laughs> Jadis. <laughs> <laughs> now it has become clear what she was doing with Negan and why that helicopter showed up. One wonders how many of her fellow dump dwellers she traded for supplies by first <laughs> turning them into a zombie. I don't know. Yeah. And if any of those other people were helping her. Mm-hmm. And who the fuck are those people who want her to provide them fresh zombies that were humans from a specific classification? A or B? <laughs> yeah. My favorite part of the Jadis thing was when we found out she left. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Holy garbage lady, you smell.
0: Yay, we don't have to see you for a while.
1: Yes, till next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, you know, I'm done with her. I was hoping that she was reformed, but no, she's just, yeah. 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 He's garbage. Pretty much garbage. So off
2: you go. Off you go. Good riddance. You? <laughs> um, Actually,
0: yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't chime in more. That was really my main negative was just the whole Jadis thing again. I was so happy to see her leave. Um, But now it just opens more doors. Like, who is she talking to? Yeah, you know, is she gonna come back with more power? I, I don't want to see her be in power again. Um, I, I want to
1: see her just yeah. never again.
0: Yeah, I mean, no offense to Paulina Macintosh, No, a no, record, I'm sure, but I, I your she's, character,
1: a, yeah, I she's I mean. really, she's really a good. That she's made us all feel like I hate you.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's she's played the role to a T because uh, I definitely yeah. hate her.
2: I
1: hate um,
0: you. Yeah, but uh, no, I mean, yeah. That was my biggest negative, honestly. The only thing I could say other than that, um, even though it was a a really awesome moment, it was a bit forced to have the two guys fall into a pit. So they were forced to kind of talk to each other and settle these things. But that's just a TV trope. It happens.
1: Hey, hey, let's not get bogged down in detail, No, no,
0: I'm not. But I'm just saying that that to me was like, okay, that's a little forced.
1: It might lead to rambling.
0: Yes, (laughs) but that's that's a TV trope. Bottle hey, episodes man. are used in everything, you know? So like, so I get it, but it's just kind of like, okay.
1: It's yeah, they the have same, to fall in a Yeah, no, you're right. It's the same as discussing future plans. Like Rick wants to have a baby with Michonne. Oh, yeah. and look at that. Two episodes later, it's his last episode. Guess that's not going to happen. <laughs> or maybe it is. Or maybe uh
0: Maggie's words in that scene from next week are going to have a little more power here
1: in a few weeks. Possibly, possibly. We'll comment on that later. We will. Now, my number two, and I only had two dislikes this week, Negan channeling his inner Hannibal Lecter.
0: Oh, <laughs> okay. That makes sense.
1: <laughs> I could have done without the whole, I'm glad my wife didn't live to see me like this shtick. Yeah. I really don't care to humanize Negan, although, yes, I realize this makes him more complex. And yet, I don't care. He just immediately gets in Michonne's head, and she's too polyannic to see this. It reminded me of this scene from Silence of the Lambs, where Hannibal Lecter is messing with Clarice Starling about her being raised on a farm where lambs get slaughtered.
2: You're so close to the way you're gonna
1: catch him, do you realize that?
2: No, tell me why.
1: After your father's murder, you were orphaned. What happened next?
0: I don't imagine the answer is under second-rate
1: shoes, Clarice.
2: I went to live with my mother's cousin and her husband in Montana. They had a ranch.
1: Was it a cattle ranch? Sheep and horses. How long did you live there? Two months. Why so briefly? I ran away. Hi Clarice. Did the rancher make you perform fellatio? Did he sodomize you?
2: No. He was a very decent man. It's
1: kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you know, he goes on. I don't want to play the whole thing, but he goes on and on about, you know, trying to get her to later on admit it was the screaming of the lambs being slaughtered that drove her to, to run away. Mm. Uh, and then he gets completely in her head, which is yeah. what he, he would do. So I, I thought this is just exactly very much the same thing where he starts asking her about her her son and the rest of it and... She, of course, engages him and then realizes she shouldn't have. And, you know, we got to hear about his wife. And I just don't care. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. I realize he's a very complex and interesting piece of shit, but he's a piece of shit nonetheless. I would rather not spend time humanizing him regardless. Fuck Negan. He can just not eat and bang his head on the wall. All he likes. (laughs) But, you know, I thought it was very cute. Negan misses his bat. Oh, yeah. it's very adorable. Like I said, fuck him. He can just not eat and bang his head on the wall. <laughs> do it. I love how she's like, I don't know. It's out in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I have to see her. What did you do with her? Oh, we broke it up and used it for kindling. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of reminds me of that scene in the comic where uh, a guy bring Negan leaves the bat in the car. His assistant brings it up to him, and he says, "Did you fuck her?" Yeah. The guy's like, "What?" He says, "I'm just kidding. You can't fuck a baseball bat." (laughs) Oh, did you? Were you nice to her? Did you treat her like a lady? Did you fuck her like a lady? What? (laughs) I'm just messing with you. You can't fuck a baseball bat.
0: (laughs) Oh, Negan.
2: Yes.
1: Well, you know, after watching this, the question on how Rick leaves the show is at least much less speculation. Yeah. I don't see how he doesn't die of an infection or something, having been impaled by rebar, which I thought was very conveniently placed. There was a block with rebar on the road. What? (laughs) Why was that there? But who knows? If he turns into a zombie, perhaps it will be Daryl or Carol that puts him down. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll know in a few days. Or Michonne. On, on another note, I did watch the first three minutes of the episode, so I see what happens. They show exactly what happens after he's stuck on that thing and the zombie hordes are approaching. Cool. So no tension there for me. <laughs> I ruined it. But one last thought before we move to listener feedback, which we have a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, The confrontation scene between Maggie and Michonne after Maggie arrives at Alexandria and Michonne is trying to prevent her from killing Negan that Gary has repeatedly referenced (laughs) on our show today. This is a scene from next week. I thought it was particularly powerful because I think Maggie makes a good point about how Michonne might feel differently or might have felt differently about the whole keeping Negan alive thing if it had been Rick whose head he bashed in and not Glenn. Let's take a listen to that scene, Gary. Okay. Step back.
2: You were there, Michelle. You saw what Negan did. You think Glenn would want this for you to go through me to get to him? I don't know what he'd want. I don't know because I never got to say goodbye. He wouldn't
0: want it, Maggie. Your father wouldn't want this. You know this. The only thing I had, the one thing I had, was knowing I was going to see Glenn's murderer die.
1: And you took it from me.
2: So taking it back, what the hell is that going to do? It's going to start things over. No, it's going to start something else.
0: If he'd butchered Rick in front of you instead of Glenn. Mm,
2: If you had a child to raise alone because of him, he would have been dead a long time ago and you know it.
1: I thought that was just very powerful. Yeah, definitely. It's almost certainly true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at the way she went after the governor. Yeah, right. And and unlike in the comic, he didn't actually do anything to her, except he sent a couple of zombies after. I mean, in the comic, he ties her up in a shed and rapes her for a week. And it's yeah. perfectly understandable when she sneaks into his apartment after she breaks free. And, you know, cuts off his arm and other things. And his eye. And, you know, generally mutilates him. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we saw what she did there. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure she would have wanted to cut off Negan's head like immediately. Yeah. But so I think Maggie's absolutely right. I don't know that they're both not right, but I would be at this moment siding with Maggie. Yeah. Get out of the way, Michonne, or I'll take that sword from you. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, just... I can't blame Maggie. I can't. No, I like that. The only thing I had going for me is to... I was going to see Negan die, and you took that from me. Yeah. You asshole. <laughs> took it. Now I want it back. Yeah, right? All right. Well. We do have some feedback this week, so I want to get to it. So we now move on to listener feedback. Okay, the comments I'm going to read today are off a post that was put up recently, where it says uh, it's basically a promo spot from AMC. Rick Grimes' journey has been remarkable. See how his journey ends this Sunday. And Josh McClellan, one of our listeners, said, this announcing his demise was stupid. (laughs) And uh, Michelle Jones, longtime friend of the show, says, I agree. Or agreed. I think it was an attempt to draw in viewers again, though. I have no idea if it's worked, but hey, they tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, in a way, I know why they're promoting it to try to get people to watch, to make sure mo- the most people watch. But at the end of the day, I don't know if it won't uh, kind of diminish the significance of him going, making it more of a spectacle than it is. Yeah. You know, um, obviously it's sort of like the way they set up that open door ending at the end where he's stuck on the rebar and the two herds are about to converge right where he is. (laughs) You know what I was thinking about the whole time? The horse. Oh yeah. That horse who threw Rick. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) Chris Hardwick called that horse a dick. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> why horse why did you have to be a dick right there but i was thinking that horse is so beautiful and yeah. it's gonna be lunch in a minute yeah so, but then i thought okay i don't know how he's gonna get out of that but you know he will because they're not otherwise he'd be like dead in the first two minutes <laughs> yeah true yeah. rick rick stroganoff <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway that's our listener <laughs> listener well, feedback for this week
0: there was one more, actually. Okay. Um, when I went up to the panhandle, I actually got a message from our friend Tyrone, who runs the uh, Walking Dead meme page that we share some things from. Uh, and he was wondering, he wanted us to talk about, uh, what do you reckon the likely chance that Heath was taken in the helicopter by Jadis or by, uh, or by the helicopter or Jadis or one of the other took him? And that's where heath spent this whole
1: time. I don't know that they ever addressed that Heath disappeared. They just didn't show Heath anymore.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, that could be... They've said they're going to try to bring him back at some point. Maybe that could be part of it.
1: Maybe. And the thing is, Heath is a much bigger character in the comic book. I mean, he's a major character in the comic book, and they never did much more with him than as a minor supporting role. Yeah. So I hope they do, because Heath is a really good character. I mean, they never did. Like I said, they never did anything with it, which is a shame. So, because he was a great character.
2: Yeah, I agree. I hope All they do right.
1: at some point. Yeah, I do too. All right. Well, thank you, Josh and Michelle, and Tyrone commenting and Tyrone. Yes, appreciate it. Uh, again, you know, please feel free to comment. It helps helps make the show better and it helps us make the show better for you. Absolutely. So. All right, well, that's our episode for this week. A little bit longer than normal, but we had more to say. So, again, welcome back, Gary. Thank you. For everything you did last week. Thank you. It was my pleasure. I had a great time. Yeah.
0: Uh, for as rough as it was.
1: Yeah, well, it's important that people are able to do that. Definitely. So. All right, remember to leave your comments and feedback by emailing us at twdpodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com or by posting a comment on our Facebook page like Josh and Michelle did. And you can also give us a call on our voicemail line at 561-501-1483. Anyway, there's never been a better time to be a nerd. So stay safe. Gary, city, please. Panama City, Florida. Hey, he was ready <laughs> to go. So yeah. stay safe, Panama City, Florida, especially you guys. And uh, we'll see you back here for our next episode.
2: Hike!